Welcome back to another wonderful edition of Cuddy's Moral Compass. I am your host, Cuddy T.G., and today I am honored to be joined by a very, very special guest. She goes by many names, the Revenator, the Revster, the Revatron 3000. Everybody rev your engines for Revy. Alright, well, since we don't really have anything to talk about, I say we start with something that I know you enjoy. We can start with Okay. We can start with some anime. Uh Ooh. Me personally, I enjoy anime. Not the hugest anime fan, but I've seen a few. Uh, as I'd like to know, you know, what do you remember what your first anime you watched was? Pokemon. De- definitely Pokemon. <laughs> I think my older brother just was playing or watching it one day, and I just sat down and watched it with him. And that was... I was maybe like four. So ever since then, I liked anime. Yeah, Pokemon, that's a that's a good one. I think a lot of people start with that. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, my uncle used to watch it all the time, and I hated it. <laughs> How I can you hate Pokemon? I don't know. I don't know. I think it, it wasn't necessarily that I hated it. It was more he would watch it when I want to watch something else. So it's like, I'm trying to watch something and you're putting this on. So it kind of gave me a little bit of a, a resentment for it. Oh, that, that's fair. That's yeah. pretty fair. <laughs> but like as I got older, I can kind of appreciate it more. And, you know, I got into the games. Uh, oh, the games are way better, yeah. especially when you're older. But, um, yeah, after that, I... I just played the games for a long time, but then I got really back into anime when I was maybe 12, and I just kind of watched whatever was cool to watch at my school. (laughs) And then I just started watching mostly exclusively horror anime. Okay. You have any horror anime recommendations? Oh, Higurashi. Higurashi. That's a classic. Yeah, I think the closest I've come to a horror anime was high school of the dead oh i know how you feel about that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've told you about that that. one was awful (laughs) they never even finished it the last episode was like to be continued and then it just never continued i still haven't finished it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i started it and it started off like kind of interesting and then i just kind of fell off it just gets too ridiculous yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, my, I guess my first animes probably were, like, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, Dragon Ball Z was another one. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pretty much, like, all the kids WB. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I think, if your parents let you watch that, you turned into a weeb, basically. But you, I didn't even, cons- I didn't, I never really considered those anime, just because, I guess... I kind of always associated it 
more with American culture. Well, yeah, because your parents are always like, I'm turning on the cartoons, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Not like, oh, here's some anime, honey. Yeah, I don't even think I really knew what anime was at that point. Yeah, I definitely didn't know what anime was then, but now I realize I was watching anime the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even realize those were like Japanese things like oh, i didn't even yeah, realize because I, I was like but their voices are english yeah exactly <laughs> they're speaking english how can it be japanese yeah and aside from like the Yu-Gi-Ohs and dragon ball z and stuff i think my first animes that i watched i was in sixth grade and i remember i had two friends i don't remember one of their names but the other one was Jaden and they were talking, they, we were in class and they were just talking about it. And I'm nosy, so I turned around like, what are you guys talking about? And they told me about it. So I think the first one I watched was, it was called like To Love Rue or something like that. Oh, oh my God, To Love Rue. Yes. I forgot how like the proper pronunciation is. I actually looked it up earlier and already forgot, but that was probably, like, the first, like, anime that I watched, like, knowing it's anime, and that's <laughs> kind of, that's kind of how I kind of got into it, because it was on, like, uh, the Time Warner Cable uh, On Demand, they had, like, a little anime section, and they oh, told yeah. me about it. Yeah, that, I would, my friends would be like, well, this is new on Netflix, go watch this. <laughs> and then I'd go over to my friend's house and we'd read her manga collection. Oh, and then we'd go to the library when we were supposed to be studying and I'd just read the manga because the teen section, for whatever reason, is the only place they had the manga. So basically, if you didn't, if you were like an adult, they made it nearly impossible to get to unless you ordered it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was the first one. And then at some point, because when I started watching that, it was like halfway through the season, so I remember, you know, just looking through what was on the Time Warner Cable, whatever, and mm -hmm. I think I saw a Clannad. They had like just oh. put the first couple episodes on. Oh no! So <laughs> yeah, those were <laughs> my two starter animes, which you know, one is super sexual comedy and the other one is make you cry <laughs> your fucking eyes out oh man big sad with the clanad yeah but I, I mean i loved it those were that's what definitely got me into it and open to it because i think anime i think nowadays it's a little more accepted in like nerd culture and all that stuff is a little more popular but back then even what is that like 10 years ago um, yeah that's like 10 years ago yeah the thought of watching anime is it, it was like the nerd thing and like nerds weren't quite cool yet yeah for somehow nerds became kind of cool still don't know how that happened because all the nerds grew up pretty much <laughs> basically i I just wish, wish nerd, being a nerd had been cool when I was younger. Yeah, definitely. Well, 
I wasn't a nerd, but oh, I was. I was <laughs> a big nerd. I had I had a D and D group. What does that tell you? Oh man, I've <laughs> I've never played D and D, and I've never had friends who are into it, so I wouldn't even know like where to even begin. But I'm interested. But like, it just seems daunting. Like figuring out all that stuff. It's really awkward to role play in it I think I always had issue with that so I always had my friend write the dialogue for me yeah I mean for me I think the role play would probably be easy as long as like I'm comfortable with like who I'm with like I feel like if I just like if I just went to like a D&D group and they were like we're gonna do it I'd probably be kind of awkward but because I enjoy acting you know Oh, obviously. Uh, yes, obviously. Um, so yeah, like I, I, like I enjoy making characters and stuff. So like that, that is interesting for me. But like, so you've played. So like, what are what are the rules? Not the rules, but like, are they like complicated to? They like... can be. Um, there are a lot of different editions. I haven't played in a long time, so I don't know the new editions yet. <laughs> Not in not since I was like fifteen, and then when I was like nineteen, I hung around a game shop a lot, and we used to play there once in a while. But I was like, I just kind of filled in for someone once in a while. Okay, all right. So, let's let's get back to the to anime. What are you What are you into right now? What are you watching? JoJo, always JoJo. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard people talking about it. I haven't it's, I haven't checked it out yet. It's fucking ridiculous, but it can be serious and then just like it hits you with some stupid bullshit all the time. <laughs> yeah, cuz I've seen it on Toonami, which is pretty much how I get most of my anime. Mm, yeah. Um and I, I remember I was going to watch it because I, I I was there like when it was premiering and I just forgot to record it. So I just kind of missed out. And oh. now everyone's talking about JoJo now. And I'm like, fuck, I should have. I yeah, because JoJo, JoJo, the JoJo fan base is cancer, basically. So I've heard. <laughs> I Like, I haven't seen it because I'm not in it, but... From oh, people adjacent, they they talk a lot of shit about him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cancer. Just oh, I'm looking for something to watch, but I don't want to watch JoJo. What should I watch? And they're basically just like watch JoJo anyways. Just do it, pussy. You won't. I think that, but I think that's I think that's most fan bases, especially yeah. if, if you're not in it. You know. <laughs> Like, cause I, I'm really into uh, My Hero Academia, and I've seen some people talk about how cancer that fan base is, and you know, I'm in the people. You know, if someone asks what to watch, I'm like, go watch that. You know, I'm the well, first I mean, to recommend it. In the Discord server, I'm in like two out of every three people that joined is named like Todoroki Shoto or Bakugo. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen that. <laughs> I saw it because they have one dude, his first his name was Deku, and then he changed mm-hmm. it to Todoroki. 
Yeah, oh, someone okay. just DM'd me today named Deku. Uh, invitation to some server. I'm not going to join it. <laughs> but I'm like, why is everyone Deku, Todoroki, or Bakugo? Like, can you please be creative? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Sue guy. Like, my favorite character is Froppy. <laughs> yeah, my brother really likes Froppy. He has Froppy merchandise. Oh my god, look at that gun that Nazbel just bought. <laughs> it's glorious. In in Call of Duty Online, it's a unicorn. There, cool gun. 10 out of 10. He paid $60 for that. Should we get Brooks in here? Yeah, Brooks wants to come in here. Carry the combo. I told you I'm very boring. <laughs> Listen, so am I. I don't know why. I I'm literally only doing this out of boredom. I'm I'm honestly like not a talker. Like I think I talk a lot on Discord and stuff, but like in real life, I probably have you know, I probably don't say more than ten sentences like in a week to other people. <laughs> like I I've really just. I don't talk. Yeah, when I'm not at work, I basically just never talk. Almost never. But, you know, podcast is something to do. Everyone's doing it. I look dope. Yeah, the the podcast, I'm pretty impressed you went through with it. So am I. I've, (laughs) honestly, I've been, I've been thinking of starting a podcast, like, since before, like, podcasts kind of blew up, like, when they were still kind of new. I saw, like, a couple podcasts, and I was like, you know, that seemed like something cool to do. But at the time, I was, like, 14, 15. Oh, yeah. You never... You're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? I have no one to come on except my friends, and they're going to be douches the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And then it it was also like, what am I really going to talk about? Like, I don't... Right. I don't do anything. Like, at 15... I didn't do anything. I went you to school. You go to school, and you hang out with friends, and you sleep. Like, what are you going to talk about? How much of a bitch Mrs. Smith is? I mean, I could have cussed out a couple of teachers on podcasts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my problem. A lot of my ideas that I've had, I was, like, really young for them. And it's like, looking back, I could have done them, but I think it was mostly just self-conscious, you know, thinking about who's gonna actually watch or listen if I do do it. Yeah, just maybe, like, your parents, even if you even tell your parents you're doing it, or, like, some friends from school. Yeah, and, like, for me, like, I cuss a lot, um, (laughs) but I don't cuss around family. Like, I've literally, like, I've just started, like, cussing around my sisters, which even that's still kind of weird, but sometimes, like, I'll be talking, and I, like, don't know how else to say something. (laughs) So I'm, like, I'll think about it in my head, like, I'm about to say fuck in five seconds, and, like, but yeah, I'm... The fuck word is about to come out, cover your ears, children. Yeah, but, so I don't, yeah, I don't really cuss, but, like, if I'm, like, with my friends or something, like, I cuss a lot. I like doing it. So it was always, like, if I do 
like start doing YouTube or start doing a podcast and I'm just like cussing up a storm, especially like when I was thinking about it, I'm like in middle school and high school. It's like, and then my parents see this and oh, they're like, so grounded. <laughs> I wouldn't, it's not even about being grounded. Cause like my parents, they would not have cared. Honestly, they, it's, it just would have been like awkward. Like, Oh, Hey, here's me cussing like crazy. Then your mom's just going to be like, that's nice, sweetie. <laughs> that's very nice, sweetie. I, I support you. But she's literally thinking about buying you your own apartment so she doesn't have to look you in the eyes anymore. Oh, not my mom. My mom wouldn't buy me a dollar piece of gum <laughs> if she had a million dollars. My mom's the type, She she's broke all the time. She could have just gotten paid. She she could have a, like a thousand dollars in her hand, like staring at you and tell you she's broke. Where where does it go? <laughs> that's, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> that's what happens when you already have things that you have to pay, and then mm. you get paid. And so it's like you don't have money because it already has places to go. <laughs> but like my mom that's just the life of a college student <laughs> yeah but my mom only time she ever gave me money was to get on the bus to go to school like that, oh. that's like and then, I mean there are a couple places here and there you know where she would give me money or like uh, for like grad night when we went to Six Flags you know she gave me some money for that uh, but yeah, she wasn't, I, I always asked my dad for money if I needed money. And then also one thing about me is I really don't like asking for money. I know that seems crazy. Cause I'm always asking you guys for money. <laughs> Never but, getting it, but <laughs> you can ask. <laughs> but like, I, like I genuinely don't like asking for money. I don't like spending other people's money like it just feels weird to me like even oh, my dad yeah. like i would ask him for money and he'd give me like he'd give me like 20 dollars, and like i know like that 20 dollars is gonna last a day you know yeah basically. but then i would still like wait like two weeks before i was like comfortable to like be like yo can i get some more like i don't know yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, just weird for me. I don't usually accept money from my parents. I I usually am just like, I'll just pay the bills and then um, you don't have to worry about it. I, I can think, just I'll come see. up with it. <laughs> I think um, for me, like my parents just give me money usually. Like, my parents, they're just certain expenses that they just know I have, and I don't have to ask them for money because they just, like, take care of it. Like, I've never once had to ask for rent because, like, my dad has it automatically taken out of his account. And same with, like, food. Like, I just get money for food. But so it's, like, actually asking my parents for money is very, very uncomfortable, because I feel like they already give me so much that it doesn't 
it doesn't really sit well with me to have to like ask for more especially because like I'm the oldest by so much and I have you know two younger siblings who live with my mom then like my half sister who lives with my dad and she's like three and so it's like I feel like such a douchebag like being 21 years old and being like hi like can you give me money that you could use to feed your three-year-old <laughs> it makes me feel really really crappy so usually thank goodness my parents don't seem to understand how much groceries in america costs and they give me like three times more than i need so oh, i just God. use that money to you know like keep myself going until they give it to me again <laughs> but yeah yeah no i i, I wish and you know the the thing is like I know with my dad, like, if I really need something, like, I could ask, but it's, it's, it's just something in me. I think it's, it comes from, like, like, I don't talk, like I said earlier, like, I don't talk to people. So for me, it's kind of like, I think that's, that's what kind of comes with me, my, like, awkwardness and not being able to talk to people is not being able to like ask my dad for help like even with my contacts uh me and my dad were supposed to go half on them um and then i just ended up paying for the whole thing myself just because i didn't want to be like hey i need the five hundred dollars <laughs> but i don't know Money is, it's weird, especially, yeah, because we're all at that age, too, where it's like, we are all adults, but we're not all adults enough to the point where we have, like, stable jobs and can provide for ourselves. So it's just, like, really, really weird. Um, you know, like, when you still need things from your parents, but you just feel like you shouldn't, because you're just older oh, than yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not into spending other people's money. Like, I'll accept money, though. Like, if my dad's like, hey, you need a hundred dollars, I'm not going to be like, no, don't give it to me. You know, I'll gladly <laughs> accept any money you're trying to give to me. But just asking for it, I don't feel, I don't like feeling like, I don't like feeling like I'm begging for something, you know? Uh, Even, yeah. Yeah. My parents, um, my dad, he's like, he's not from here. Um, he always told me that he says that it is a parent's responsibility to take care and provide for their kid until their kid can provide for themselves. And that's like nice in sentiment, but it makes me feel guilty, especially because, like I said, my entire life, it's like, I don't know if my dad and, and mom, both of them, just intentionally, like, ignore how much things cost. But I remember I was, like, in the seventh grade, and I was like, hi, dad, like, I need lunch money. And he was like, will these $400 work for you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. 400 for I wish. <laughs> he was like, he was Holy. like, this. 
he was like, this should last you through the semester. My mom was like, Ronald, are you on crack? <laughs> are you on crack? <laughs> He's like, whatever she doesn't use, she can just keep for herself. I was like 11. So, um, yeah. yeah. No, when I was 11, I lived with my dad for the year. And he used to give me like $5 every day for lunch. So, I mean... And that that was great, you know. I remember at one point, I had like a box with like over a hundred dollars worth of one dollar bills. Like I looked like a stripper, <laughs> <laughs> like just from the money that he gave that I never used. Because my school was weird. Like they didn't like you didn't pay up front for your or you didn't pay for your um, meals like when you bought them. I guess like. In the beginning of the school day, the teacher would ask, like, who has lunch money? You'd give her the lunch money, and then she'd give it to the um, to the cafeteria, and then you have, like, money on your account or whatever. So I didn't I didn't know this, because this is my what first... What a peculiar setup. Yeah, that's weird. So this is my... Because this is my first year at this school. I was in sixth grade. I just got out of elementary, only to go back to another elementary. But the one I used to go to... It was like, yeah, you paid for your lunch when you got it, or we had like lunch tickets that you could use, or you paid like a dollar or however much. So that's how I'm thinking it is. So like my first day going up to lunch, and I get my lunch, and I walk up, and the lady just asks my name, I tell her my name, and she's like, okay, great, go. So I'm like, wait, um, do I not have to pay for this stuff? Like I have my money in my pocket, and she's telling me to go go eat. So I remember I didn't pay for lunch like for half the school year, and at yeah, some point, they probably... and then at some point, my dad got a letter that said I owed like a hundred and like twenty dollars, <laughs> and he was like, "What the fuck? Like I've been giving you money for lunch." He's like, "What? Like what have you been doing?" I'm like, "They never asked for the money, so." I got Pokemon cards with it, Dad. <laughs> no, like after school, we had where we lived. I lived like right around the corner from the school, and then where I lived, like on one block was a Seven Eleven, and on the other block was like a like a corner liquor store or whatever. So I would just go to one of those like after school, like with my friends, and we would you know get a snack or whatever. But. And then what had me even more mad was, so after that, they explained to me, okay, we're going to, in the morning, we're going to ask for the money, and you give it to them. So now when my dad's giving me money, um, I'm I'm giving it to the people. And I remember one day, my dad, we're just, I forgot what we, how it was brought up, but he's like, I think I'm telling him, like, oh, I gave the money to the people. And he's like, oh, I paid it off for the month already. So I wasn't supposed to be giving the money, but because they just owe, I just owed a hundred whatever dollars. I've been giving them my money now that he was just giving me. <laughs> so I was, I was so mad. And then like I didn't even eat lunch most days. Like the only only days I really ate was like they had like when they had pizza or like the chicken sandwiches. Sometimes they had, but other than that, like I. I didn't even really eat, and plus, and then eventually I just started bringing my own lunch. So, when yeah. I was, um, 
when I was in junior high, it was like from elementary school to junior high, lunch changed so much. So it's like, yeah, when I was in seventh grade, my dad was like, here, like, have all this money. This should be good for you. Um, we used to have like really nice lunches. It was kind of kind of a little fancy. It's like so you'd have like you know your regular lunch, which would be like whatever they had for the day, and you'd get like your options of what you wanted that day. Um, and then you had like all the side stuff. So then it's like you could have um, like you could choose from snacks. They had like brownies and rice krispies, and they had like all these bags of chips, and they had all these like drinks and stuff. Um, but then it's like also in the morning they used to do this thing, this cafe thing, where they'd go around to all the classes and you could pick breakfast items that you wanted. So they had like smoothie bowls, they had breakfast burritos, they had like just like all sorts of really good like breakfast stuff. Um what but I remember where, where did you go to school? <laughs> yeah, can I can I Can I go back in time and go there? Yeah, I wanna go there. I went to public school. <laughs> Apparently a you different public school her. than I did. <laughs> but it's like I remember it was literally called um I think it was called Cafe Latte and it was like in the Yeah. They would make cappuccinos, they would make mocha lattes, and you could like pick those things in the morning. They'd make uh these like breakfast pizzas that were so good, breakfast burritos, and they'd come by every single class and they'd and strawberry smoothies and they'd ask like what you wanted in the morning and you would say, Oh, I want like this much of this, this and this and then like you would pay for it with the lunch money that you'd already like put on your account and they'd just bring it to you. In the middle of class. It was like the best thing ever. It was literally the what greatest thing. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. We had the shitty little public school lunches that's equal to what they give in jail. Hot, <laughs> hot pack, cold pack. And no one ever ate the cold pack because it was awful. That sounds atrocious. Yeah, no, we um, had these... Frozen bean burritos. <laughs> and the vegetables in the cold pack were, like, always rotten. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, we had some, like, legit, like, good stuff. But most of it was shit. Like, the coffee cake was always bomb as hell. No matter how they tried to change it, it was always good. At one point, they had, like, this... It was like a some type of Asian Chinese food thing that was actually like tasted good, like comparable to like Panda Express type shit. Wow! Like Ooh, so, like impressive. every now and again, they would pull out something that was like, oh, it's like this is actually fire. But <laughs> most of it was like jail food. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, th- I think, I think there was like a study or something done where it was like, no, like literally the stuff that they're giving us was pretty much the same standards that they have in jail. Yeah, so, I, uh, I just looked up the school menu for like my little brother's school. You know when they still could go to school, and I'm looking up like their breakfast in the classroom menu, and it's like breakfast. They have- they feed them breakfast? Yeah, breakfast in the classroom. Oh, no. No, they did start doing breakfast in the classroom uh, my senior year. 
And that was like the most mind-blowing thing. Well, I think they had already started doing it at the school, but I went to a different school and then I transferred um, back. So when I came back and they were doing breakfast in the classroom, that was like the most mind-blowing thing to me. Like, wait, they bring the breakfast here? That's what I've been saying. That's what they no, did. Yeah, no, they we get... did that, but it wasn't on the scale that <laughs> you're talking. Like, <laughs> it was like... They had Cheerios and the shitty milk that's not real milk, no matter what they tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not real milk. <laughs> I think the best thing that they had for breakfast, they had, like, these little Pillsbury, um, like, bagel things. But they weren't, they weren't like a bagel. I forgot what they were called. But th those were actually good. But other than that, I don't think I ate anything for breakfast. It was always nasty. It was that and then the coffee cake. But Ooh, um coffee cake. Yeah, that was always good from when I started school at four years old to when I got out at eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think they I don't think they ever did the breakfast while I was in school because I'm older than both of you. So you're like that a must year have been But see two. they did it my entire junior high and high school like experience um it was just something that we always had and what um, in the hell? yeah you know what my favorite we had some lunches that were so good too like i think my favorite day was we'd have like basically thanksgiving dinner for lunch where they'd make like turkey and gravy and mashed <laughs> potatoes and they'd make like we'd have like oh my goodness and then like they used to make mac and cheese and that was so good but then chili days were also so good because they made cinnamon rolls that were like the size of your head It's oh my goodness! Brooks, so what are good. you? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that that wasn't a thing. <laughs> we can't relate to this. We had like ravioli days, and like I loved ravioli. It was so freaking good, and they would make garlic bread, and you would literally see them in there like making all this garlic bread for us that was delicious. And yeah, then no, we would I... have like chicken fajitas day. We would have like. Um, They'd make, like, enchiladas, which were always really good. Grilled cheeses were amazing. Like, I miss school lunch so okay. much. See, we had, like, that stuff, but it wasn't, like, quality. Like, it was, like, they made it in some factory somewhere. Yeah. Bagged it up. It. Froze it. And then... The Just cafeteria ladies, <laughs> yeah, the cafeteria they, ladies heated it up. <laughs> yeah, like in that giant oven. Do you remember? Did you ever get to see that oven that they? It was huge. Yeah, I remember one time when I was a senior, I used to, because um, like my siblings are so much younger than me, and so I was like going off to college, and I used to bring them lunch so we could like eat together and you know like spend more time with them. And I remember I'd get there early and I'd sit like at the table where um, their class would sit and you would literally see their lunch ladies back there like putting some elbow grease, literally mashing these potatoes. And I was like, quality, this is good. So... Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not what we had <laughs> at all. My mind is so blown. Like, what the fuck? So <laughs> You went to, like, the schools that they have in TV, where you're watching, yeah. and you're like, school is nothing like this. But apparently it is wherever Brooks is from. Yeah, I wanna... <laughs> Can I go back in time? That... 
It's literally just school lunch that was like that. I'm telling you, nothing else about that school experience was interesting. Well, actually, no. My school did have technically like the nicest track in the entire state. I think one of like the top three nicest indoor tracks in the whole country. And it was so nice. Like the University of Wyoming would literally drive all the way up to my town to have their indoor meets. It was phenomenal. It was so nice. Um, so we we had like, actually, we did have quite a few nice things. We got a new track and a new like football field at the same time. And then the two high schools, like it used to be one high school, but then it split into two. And so then they basically like rebuilt the second school because the way it used to be was like freshmen were freshmen, but they were in the junior high, but they could still like compete in varsity sports and stuff. And then sophomores got an entire school just to themselves and it was like so pretty you'd like walk in be like this long hallway and the school had these two like gigantic like winding staircases they were so pretty and then um juniors and seniors got their own school but then they changed that and so now the other school the sophomore school is its own school now and then the junior senior school is its own school and then i don't think freshmen are in the junior highs anymore um, I'm pretty sure my little brother is in an actual high school now. So, yeah. That's my high school experience. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah, for high school, I went to a half online, half in-person school. So, basically, just whenever I felt like coming in, there was like one day a week I had to come in at a certain time. But other than that, if you didn't want to come in, they didn't make you. And there were certain circumstances where you didn't even have to come in for, like, the whole month. You could just do what video chat with the teacher. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I went to two different high schools. Um, I went to one for ninth grade and 12th grade. And then I went to another for 10th and 11th. And... They were, I don't know, they were just regular, <laughs> I don't know, they they were just regular high schools, uh, but you know, even, even still now, like, with my job, a lot of times we'll film on, like, at actual high schools, and like, even just like different high schools around LA, like, I'll be going to, and I'll be like, kids go, like, this is a high school, like, it's nicer than what I went to. Because I remember I considered the second high school that I went to for 10th and 11th grade. I considered that a nice high school. And that was just because they had like two buildings with classes in it. And that was like my idea of this is a nice high school. Two buildings with classes? <laughs> yes. Because before that, every school I'd ever gone to didn't have like any actual buildings they were all like just bungalows and like just different sets of bungalows scattered around so wow. the fact yeah so the fact that this uh hamilton high school is the high school i went to um the fact that they had like two buildings was like crazy to me because like growing up like you watch tv and they have all these schools with these big buildings and the schoolhouse. And it's like, all of my experience has been 
these open schools with just bungalows that you go to, you know? So that, that was like my standard for being a nice high school. And then now I go to like different high schools around the city and they're like, they're nicer than the college that I went to for that one year. Like, and I'm just like how, like it, it blows my mind to think about like the experience that, the different school experiences that kids have just based on what school they go to and what the funding is, what, um, I guess the infrastructure of the school is so different. Like, so like hearing about you, Revy, being on online, half online, half there but you didn't really have to be there <laughs> like that's, that's yeah crazy. i think most of my high school was just me and a couple of friends either at the library or at like a cafe i hate to interrupt here but there is like a, a conspiracy afoot i believe a crime is taking place oh, i just sure. searched up <laughs> i searched up my high school and um there's this website. I searched at my high school and I saw a picture of me, like, you know, triple jumping, doing track. And I click on it and it's from like a website in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is not where I grew up. And then the plot thickens because they have pictures from every single sport that took place in my town. And these are all people that I went to school with. So I'm like, what the heck? Somewhere out there, there is a school in Minnesota impersonating being a school from Wyoming. And I don't what? know why. <laughs> why? Why would you need to? I have no... It literally says sports. It says sports. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Portrait, news, and music. But it's a photo of me. And I click visit. And it's literally people that I've gone to school with since like the first grade and a couple of other people I don't know but I'm like for what reason what is happening here this is a conspiracy <laughs> wow conspiracy we need to get to the bottom of this I mean maybe the photographer like now lives in Minneapolis I don't know but why would but... they use that for that school's yeah, because it's all, it's all sports, my school sports, all of it. So, I mean, they have girls basketball, swimming, um, they have gymnastics. Well, no, because, you know, the Kentucky one is from, it says the gymnastics is from Mount Sterling, Kentucky. So now that's confusing, too. And then they have boys wrestling, and that's from Laramie, which is also in my state. But so now I'm very confused. And they have some kid from South Dakota doing the saddle bronc. <laughs> I don't know. You should like email that website and be like, what the fuck? Be like, this can is I from have these school. photos of me back? <laughs> this is from my school, not from yours. It's just confusing. I don't know. I'll have to look further into this, see what's going on. Wow. Yeah, definitely look into that. <laughs> On an update. Yeah, update us frequently. <laughs> I'm curious now. Yeah, it says, so the guy here, it says St. Paul, Minnesota, 
and it's his personal work photography, I guess. So I don't know. But why is it all pictures of high school athletes? I want to say this is none of my business, but this actually is my business. <laughs> Wait, is this this is a is this a school's website? No, it's not a school website. That's what, what I'm saying. Mean? Maybe it's like the photographer. Yeah, is but... it the photographer's website? I mean, no, it's not his name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know why his entire, especially because, like, these are photos that I saw in my town's newspaper. Like, I've seen these photos of me before, and they were in the newspaper. So, wouldn't that technically be the newspaper's photos, then? Yeah. I have no idea. The newspaper photographer could have, like... Well, whoever took them, they own the rights to the picture. Okay. And technically they can do, like, whatever they want with them, even if it's, like, saying, oh, this is actually someone from Minnesota. Not from But yeah, that's still weird. (laughs) It's just weird, though, because it's like, why would your entire professional work portfolio consist of photos of high school students doing sports? Maybe he's a sports photographer. Yeah. I guess. It's just strange, but... Anyway, (laughs) back to this riveting discussion on um, high school disparities (laughs) around the country. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of students were you guys? Oh, I, um, I worked hard and then I got enough credits to graduate by 16 and then I just kind of fucked off after that i was like i'm still enrolled i'm just not going (laughs) i um i was a pretty good student honestly i was that student that were my junior year i had this my chem professor and oh my goodness like i can't even call teachers teachers anymore thanks college but so my junior year my chem teacher she would give us back our assignments that she graded but then in the grade book she would like put in zeros or something and it was so annoying and so i used to have to come in almost every single morning and be like hi mrs hansen you gave me a zero i have the paper here that clearly says i got a 96 please fix this and it was like every single morning i don't know why it was so difficult for her but i was that kind of student yeah, I mean, she was like maybe in her mid fifties. I don't know. It's not really old enough to not know how to use a computer. I mean, it might be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> but I mean, if teaching is your profession and the computer's been around since like nineteen seventy, come on, Miss Hansen, you have no excuse. <laughs> I was Whose adorable dog. Is that? It's it's annoying. Um, but I was, I did this last podcast too. (laughs) You're going to refer to your dog as an it? This is not my dog. It's my sister's dog. What kind of dog is it? Uh, Yorkie. Ooh, those are so cute. 
but she's not even home to take care of it. <laughs> so take care but, of the poor thing. Anyways, um, what was that saying? You were oh, talking yeah, what, about the kind of student you were. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. I wasted school, honestly. <laughs> like, I like you know how like teachers always say like, "Oh, they're a good student. They just don't apply themselves." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. Like usually oh. when teachers when usually when teachers say it, they're lying, and the kid is just stupid. Oh. But for. <laughs> For me, it was that was like genuinely like what I like. I was not applying myself because I was the type where I didn't study, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I would just show up, take a test, and pass. You know, I didn't do any homework. I never studied. I remember my chemistry class. That was um, tenth grade. I just transferred. And so I get into class, I don't know anybody, so I don't have any friends or anything. And my teacher was, either he was Greek or he was Armenian, I forget which, but he had like this super thick accent, and no one was like, huh? I enjoy though, I enjoy accents, continue. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, but he was hard to understand, and then, like, with chemistry, especially with all the different formulas and molecules and all that stuff, it's like... And then he had super sloppy handwriting and insisted on using a chalkboard instead of a whiteboard. Mm. So, yeah. it, it just all around, it was, like, kind of difficult. So I, I remember the highest grade anyone had ever got on any of his tests was like a C. Like that was the highest grade anyone had ever gotten. And then I transferred into the school like a month late. So when I get in there, I'm like, I'm not really understanding what this dude's saying. I'm not really, can't read what he's writing. So usually he would give us like, go through, do definitions or whatever on this chapter and then do whatever the fuck you want. So usually I would go through, do them, and then fall asleep. And I remember the first test I had, I ended up getting like the highest grade. I got a B, and everyone was just like looking at me like, "You're sleeping for half the class. How the how did you just come in here and get the highest grade?" And like, so like that's kind of how I was like as a in terms of like I guess intelligence. Like I didn't it didn't take really much. For me to understand things. And I think the, that doomed me because then it became if I ever had to do something where I had to think or like actually use my brain and I couldn't just naturally just do it and be done, like I just didn't want to do it. So yeah, and then by especially by 10th grade, I knew I wasn't going to college. I knew I didn't care about any of that. So I just kind of gave up. Like, I didn't, I get, I got school late every day. I remember I used to get to, like, school started at, like, I think 7.40. And I would get to school anywhere between, like, 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock. One time, like, the security guard, 
I got to school one day and he just looked at me and he was like, I've been letting you slide, but like, you can't keep coming to school at 10 o'clock before I have to report you to someone. And then I started getting to school at nine. And then I graduated. Wow. Riveting story. My school always used to have it where like, oh Jesus, hold on. A corona cough is coming. <coughs> okay. So like my school school used to start at seven forty, I believe. And I would leave my house at around six forty so I could get my parking spot. Like we didn't have assigned parking. And the way it was that juniors had to park in the back of the school, which sucked, and only seniors could park in the front by the doors. And um, my spot that I liked was right next to staff parking. But it was, like, one of the go-to spots. And I, and I did not like to walk because I just, like, didn't want to have to walk an extra six or so feet. And so I would get to school at, like, 7 o'clock just so I could get my spot then I'd go inside and I would usually go to like one of like our like the varsity lockers and I would I don't even know what I would do I guess I would just like put away my stuff for practice early and then I'd like go set my backpack down in like my first hour class and then um I just like wait for all my friends to come and then I would just talk to them for like 30 minutes and so I was always on in class on time Leaving class, however, that was a different thing, especially my senior year around second semester. I was like, I've already been accepted to college. I already have all my scholarships. I do not care in the slightest bit. And so I had my mom call me out a second hour almost every single day saying that I was going to have her just so I could like go and like get food and like take a nap. <laughs> and props to Olivia for that. What a good mom. But in my second hour of class was sports training, which is like, you couldn't play a varsity sport without it. And so it's like, it wasn't like it was a class that I was going to fail. But then also it wasn't like it was a class that I was going to get in trouble in. Because like, what were they going to do? Be like, oh, like, look, you didn't pass sports training. So now you can't run. I'm like, okay, who's going to win the hurdles? <laughs> <laughs> But, no, it wasn't like that. But you know what I mean. Um, so, that's the kind of student I was towards the end. Um, but I always tried my best. Like, I always got really good grades. And I was, like, a teacher's dream. I'm not even kidding. Parent-teacher conferences were the best time of the entire year. Because, especially in junior high and high school. Because it was basically me taking my mom around to meet eight other adults that were telling her that I was, like, the best student they had all the time. They were like, you have such a great kid. She's so smart. She's so nice. Like, she's just, like, a joy to have in my class. And she's just going to do, like, so well and whatever in the future. And um, my mom was always like, oh, yay. But <laughs> she says that now, like, my little brother, he hates it because everyone's always like, oh, like your sister, your sister did this, and your sister's like this, and your sister, your sister. And he's like, yeah, fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says that I kind of have really made things difficult for him because people expect him to, like, constantly put in effort and, like, 
do all this stuff in school and in sports and like in everything because I did like art and I did like music stuff and I yeah played sports and yeah so he's like there's so much pressure which makes me a little sad but also he's a big boy he'll be fine (laughs) my brother doesn't have that problem because I'm a total failure in every aspect (laughs) of my life (laughs) Jesus Christ Revy is it um, is it a lie? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, that's no, very I think nice. only time. Yeah, I haven't really had that problem. I know. Um, I remember my sister. Um, when she got to middle school, she went to a middle school that um I went to, and I remember the only time one of one of her teachers like. I guess she saw her name and was like, "Hey, are, is your brother Armani?" And the weird thing about it is the teacher that, like, recognized it was a teacher that I didn't even have. So it was like, how, what? Like, how did you, how did you know who I was to know that? Why do you remember me, woman? Yeah, why? Who are you? <laughs> well, it was a dude. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I knew of him, you know, I think, I mean... It wasn't like a teacher that it was like a complete stranger, but it was also, it wasn't someone who should have recognized that we were brother and sister, especially considering I have a pretty common last name. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, it's very common. And then like me and my sister, we don't, we don't necessarily look alike. I mean, I I guess... If you saw us together, you might know that we're brother and sister, but it's not like we're like dead ringers on each other to where you would see them, see the last name and be like, oh, that's your brother. But yeah, that's the, that's the only time I've had anything like that. But, um, my, my parents got so used to like, as far as parent teacher conferences go to like the teacher saying that I don't do anything in class, like that I'm smart, but I don't. I'm not working, I'm not doing the work, I'm not doing homework. That I, I forget which teacher it was, but one of my teachers randomly called my mom to just, like, rave about me and tell how, like, great I was and how I'm so smart and I'm doing all this in class. And, like, my mom came to me, like, like, what, what was this? Like, no teacher has ever been so excited about you like this. And... When I think back on high school, that's kind of like how I got through high school. Because I think about most of the classes that I passed, I probably shouldn't have passed. But because the teacher liked me, like I just kind of got through. Like I remember uh, my senior year, I had a film class. And it it was third period. And I ended up doing the school play. But for the play they rehearsed at, um, during third period. So eventually I just stopped going to, like, my actual film class. And for some reason, my teacher still gave me an A. And I don't yeah. know why. And I think it's, it like, it's one of those things where it's like, it has to just because you liked me. Because when I first started the class, like, I was kind of the only person who had any interest in film. So I think that kind of helped out. But... I did not deserve to pass at all. 
Oh, Cuddy, you are a very bad boy. <laughs> bad Cuddy. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I remember um, my school used to do this thing where it's like if you had a certain GPA, you could get out of class early. So you only had to go to like three classes. And um, I took this college art class for like dual enrollment that I really, really liked because I like to draw and I like to paint. And um, it was more than what I was expecting because like the year before I had just taken like, you know, this art class and um, it was just like how to draw and like draw well. Um, And I liked it a whole lot. And so I thought it was going to be more like that. But then this art class, it was all these like conceptual pieces and it's like, he wanted me to think about stuff and it wasn't just like me sketching still lifes anymore which is what I really really like um and I remember we had to get these uh permission slips from our parents so we could go to the art center and sketch naked people and I remember I was like absolutely not you want me to ask my mother to give (laughs) me permission to go and draw nude men I am 16 years old absolutely not wait i'm interested (laughs) and so i remember i oh my god i'm admitting this i forged my mother's signature never showed it to her and i basically just told her that i was like i was like yeah mom i was like i'm just going to the art center just to you know just like paint painting class i'm calling the police (laughs) and she was like oh how nice okay and so I would go from like seven o'clock to like nine thirty at night every single Tuesday, and I would go and I would sketch like naked men and women, and I would hide like the I had this huge thing of these sheets of papers, and I hid them in the trunk of my car, like underneath the the area that you like pick up, you know, that like comes up. I hid it under there, so she would never find them ever. And... <laughs> And I was just like, she can never know, ever. So, um, yeah, so most of the time I got out early for my third hour class, which was AP Calc. And then I would just go, I would either go home and nap, or I would just get in my car and I would go and I'd put gas in it. And then I would just drive around um, just on like empty roads, like just going wherever. for hours and for like an hour and a half like I'd go on the interstate or something or I would you know go to this art class and I just sit in my little area in the back and I would just draw and paint I was actually really relaxing or I remember um when we started painting I like using oil paints a lot I don't like acrylics because they like dry right away but it's like oil paints you can still move them and you can still like do much with them they're so fluid and you know obviously they're like they're what the renaissance masters use and i love renaissance art but so i would um i learned that it takes a long time to get oil paints to dry on these like gigantic canvases that were kind of made out of a weird type of cardboardy wood which is what we would paint on and so um my art teacher, he was like, well, what you can do is you can go and, like, find backgrounds that you do like if you don't want to, like, paint them yourself. And there was a way that I'd go to the photography class and basically you would print out these photos on these gigantic sheets 
And then there was a way that you would uh, cover these sheets with this weird, um, just like weird liquid, like thick liquid stuff. And you would let it dry and you would put, I think, two coats of it on. And then you would have to get it really, really wet. And then you would peel away the paper and whatever had been on the paper would like transfer to the weird material. And then I could put that on the canvases and then I'd have to like put another layer of this clear type of paint on and that could be like my background. And it was really, really pretty. So usually that was actually what I did. So it wouldn't be actually taking time out of like my painting and stuff. But yeah, that's what I did with my free time. Definitely didn't do calc homework. (laughs) Basically, the only artistic thing I ever did was pottery. I still have some of my pottery from when I was younger. It's not very good, but... That's dope. I did a ceramics class for like a month my junior year. And I wish I had stayed in it because... I got out of it to go into a math class. Um, what was it for uh, pre-calculus uh, slash trigonometry? So I got out of it to go into that class. But by the time I got into the math class, it was like it was already a month into the school year, and they had already like learned a bunch of things and like they learned like some base thing that everything else for the rest of the year was like based off of so I had missed that so I didn't understand anything from that point forward and that was one of the classes I failed (laughs) but I I usually got out of school early too because I don't like the school I went to um they had seven periods, but if you had a seventh period, school didn't end until 4.20, like, p.m. So... 4.20 my, plays it. Yeah. But, um... For me, that's crazy. Because every school I'd ever went to was, you know, you got out at 3, 2.30, something like that. And for everyone who had six periods, they would get out at 3. And my seventh period was Spanish 2, which... I know zero Spanish. Oh, it really taught you a lot. And my the Spanish 2 teacher spoke almost exclusively Spanish, like, in her class. Like, she didn't speak English. Like, I mean, she did sometimes, like, when she had to, but most of the time she would just be speaking Spanish. And I was in there, and I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you are saying. I don't know what any of this is. Only thing I can do in here is conjugate verbs. Other than that, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I'm like, I'm not going to stay in class uh, until 4.20 in the afternoon just to fail. So I would just like, after six period, I would just leave. And yeah, so I would get out of school early that way. And then my 11th grade year, I didn't have a seventh period. But my sixth period was um, was a play production class. And since I wasn't in the play, I really didn't have to do anything. So my teacher, he was like, 
I'll give you two options. You can either sit in class, shut up, and watch, and I'll give you an A, or just come in, check in, and then you can leave, and I'll give you a B. So I would just, after lunch, I would check into class, and then I would go home, and I would get home at like one. So I had some good things in high school. Not good for like going to college, but good for me. Yeah, I skipped out on college. I don't know why. I just basically just got a job that required me to be at work almost all day. I'd go to work starting at like sometimes 2 a.m. and then I'd take a nap in the car. And then I'd go back to work until like 2 a.m. the next day. That is horrible. Yeah, it was really awful. (laughs) I got to travel a lot, which was just about the only good thing about that job. And the only reason I went was pretty much to, like, get my mom to shut up. Like, because, like, growing up, I wanted to go to college. Like, when I was younger, you know, they teach all the kids, you know, you go to college, blah, blah, blah. And then because I was kind of smart, you know, actually, like, going to college seemed like a actual thing that I could do. Um, And, like, realistically, I could, like, because I I know some people who went to my high school who got, like, full rides to um, UCLA. And I look at them and I'm like, we're on, as far as intelligence goes, we're on the same level. Only difference is they worked and I didn't. So, like, thinking back, like, I could have gone to college if I really wanted to, but I think by 10th grade, I knew it's that wasn't something I wanted to do, so I just kind of gave up as far as school went, and then after I graduated, um, I just went to community college for, like, a year so that my mom couldn't say anything about me not doing anything, and then... They moved to Georgia, so she was gone, and I just stopped going. That was the extent of my college. Even when I was there, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I took college courses in high school. My last two years of high school were advanced courses and college courses. So I did like a lot of advanced Englishes and sciences, and then I had to go do like community service and then for um because I was on the honor roll because I grad I had a 3.9 grade point average throughout high school um and then just after that I don't know I was pooped out basically I could have gone to college but I was just exhausted and everything I never really even considered that there was any other option in the slightest besides going to college. Like, I wanted to be a surgeon from the time I was six years old. Like, there was not another option. And if I wasn't going to be a surgeon, I was going to be a lawyer. And so it's like, I don't know. I started planning for colleges when I was like 15 years old. So I don't know. Just, that was just what we were going to do. Well, with the money I get, like, 
from taxes and stuff, I'm thinking of maybe, like, going to veterinary school, like, to be a vet tech. That might be fun. Uh, I might take programming classes because that was what I initially wanted to do. I wanted to program, like, games. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I couldn't do it. I, I lost interest, I guess, because, like I said, I was at work all day, and I had no room to do anything else. Yeah, that's, like... So I I have to be interested in whatever I'm doing, otherwise I I just can't do it. Especially now, because it was like one thing with school is like I mean you had to go every day, but now it's like anything you do, like as an adult, it's like you doing. So I'm not gonna go out mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna pay for college to do something that I don't want to do, you know. And. I think by high school, I knew, or at least I, th- I had in my mind, like, if I was going to do something, it was going to be an entertainment. It was going to be, like, being an actor or doing music or, do like, doing something as far as, like, artistic. And so I was kind of like, I really don't need college to do any of that. Like, I could go to college and there are some skills that I could learn, but... But, you know, I, I, I just didn't need it. So I, I thought, at least for me, it was b- better not to waste money going to college if I didn't need it. And so I didn't. And here I am, not doing anything. So <laughs> it all worked out. Oh, it feels bad. <laughs> but, you know, one thing I can say is, I'm not doing anything because of me. Like, I can't blame anyone else or anything else for where I am today. You know, so, I mean... Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, like, I I know there are a lot of people who will blame it was this or that. Like, of course I can go back and be like, well, if I did this differently or if I did this, I'd probably be in a better position. But at the end of the day, it's it's on me. I can probably blame my... My... What's it called? Like my mental condition at the time, but <laughs> it's not, still not really an excuse. Severe d- the crippling anxiety and depression isn't really an excuse. Yeah, like that's kind of how I am. But especially for me, like that's something for what I want to do that it's just kind of you have to get over. And I think that's one of, one of the things like with this podcast, like wanting to do it, like even if it even if it's boring as fuck, even if it sucks, even if no even one if, listens like, no to one it. it. Yeah, you <laughs> know. It's like at least I went out, at least I did it, you know. Yeah. And I know yeah. especially cuz like with music and with um acting and stuff, it's such a social game mm-hmm. which I'm not good at. Like I don't like said it earlier. I don't talk to people. Like, I don't know how to start a conversation. Um, I don't know how to network and all that stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. all the side extra stuff is kind of what's deterred me from a lot of things. But, like, I'm, I'm 
I'm eventually going to like get back into it and just start doing things on my own. Like this podcast, like this, this for me was like the start of going towards something that can get me somewhere instead of just, you know, not doing anything. Damn, Cuddy, that's super inspirational, actually. Good for you. I'm an inspirational person. I know, obviously. (laughs) Look at the title of the podcast. Cuddy's Moral Compass. I have great... Moral and inspirational. I have some morals in me that I think people will really connect with. Can we talk about your morals? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I think that's for another podcast. <laughs> oh, for another podcast. This has been going on quite a while. <laughs> yeah, this it's been fun. I mean, is there anything else you guys are mm. itching to talk about? Anything? We don't have we don't have questions this time around. Do we no, have questions? No oh, qu- God, quick oh. ask them in chat. Even <laughs> even in Animalia or whatever. Quick ask. You know what we can do? There was one topic oh. that <laughs> that um, me and Revy were supposed to talk about, but oh. now that Brooks topic? is here, I think it's perfect. Um, let's see who asked. I think it was Kachi asked that we talk about sorority recruitment. Oh. <laughs> oh. I know Zippo. Zip. Oh my goodness, the horrors of sorority recruitment. Um, let's see. Where do we begin? Should I tell you about my horrors a potential new member or my horrors as a actual active? Oh, uh, I think I think as a what is it a pledge? Is what they okay. call it. Potential new member. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pledges are for fat. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when I was um when I was a potential new member, um, one of the things that we had to do that was kind of like horrifying was that they sent you this book after you registered. And this it was like this thick book of literally like hundreds of pages. It was at least like a hundred pages. And it was, like, about every single house and, um, like, their colors and, um, like, GPAs and their charity. And then they also, in this book, sent you what you had to wear. Um, And so it's, like, Sorority Rush takes place over a couple of days. And each day has a different agenda like a different initiative this was the first two days are just like the days where you get to see the sisters and like meet the house or whatever and i remember when i got this book i was like freaking out because i was like i do not have any of this stuff and so i spent a month just running around my town like crazy just shopping for lots of skirts shopping for cute shorts buying lots of dresses, shopping for, like, summer shoes, sundresses, purses, handbags, like, you know, 
just like constantly shopping. I think I shopped every single day nonstop for maybe like two and a half, three weeks. And at the end of that, I still was like, I do not have enough stuff for Sorority Rush. I really don't. Um, But, and then it was weird for me too, because Sorority Rush wasn't even like the reason that, it wasn't the only thing I had going on. The way the University of Kentucky did it, um, if you were in like a STEM major, there was this kind of like a week of classes that came before the actual week of classes. And, um, and so I was there for that. And then I also had track stuff. So every day I had meetings for compliance. I had to like meet coaches. I had team meetings. I had to go and do these stuff like physicals. I had to take uh, blood tests. Like I had a lot of stuff going on. And so it was basically like me, uh, and like my little dressing heels sprinting all across University of Kentucky's campus. But so they split you up into these groups and your groups, it's like, um, it's like your Gamma Chi group and you have like your Gamma Chi leader. And mine, her name was Lauren. And Lauren was actually really, really sweet. And the thing about like your Gamma Chi is that like, you're not supposed to know what sorority they're in. So they can't like influence your overall decision. But so the first day, I think I saw nine or ten houses. Um, and the first house or two, you're like really nervous and excited. But then by the end of the day, you want to jump off a cliff because it's the exact same thing. Basically, it's all of these girls, hundreds of girls in line outside these houses. And they put you in an order that they have predetermined from when you registered. And um, they open the door, like one of like the president or social chair, whoever opens the door. And then in there is all the girls and they like do like a little song for you and they say hello and they all have their perfect matching outfits, full hair and makeup. And they're very, very happy and very, very nice. And then you walk in, you have to put like your purse down or whatever before and then as you walk in the house they have someone that announces your name and it's they're really really happy so like if it was Revy for example it would be like Alpha Delta Pi welcomes Revy like exactly like that for hundreds of girls over and over and over again and by the end of the day you're going psychologically (laughs) you're literally going insane it was like Alpha Delta Pi welcomes Stacy. Kappa Alpha Theta welcomes Taylor. Like just over and over and over again. That so, would make me want to kill myself. That's why I said by the end of the day, you want to kill yourself. And then, um, um, yeah, they used to give us rules about like what we could or couldn't talk about. And so it was like, you have the three B's. You can't talk about boys. You can't talk about, um, like religion, Bible, and you can't talk about bank account money. However, if you want to get in a good sorority, having a nice personality will only get you halfway. Being really, really pretty will also only kind of get you a little bit. Money is really what's important because nice sororities cost a crap ton of money every single semester. I'd never get in one then. And so it's like, 
you weren't supposed to talk about money and you had to leave like your purse and stuff outside. So girls would, you had to show that you had money through like everything that you wore. And so it's like, that's part of the reason why they were like, we all have to kind of wear the same thing. So it's like the first two days, we all had like the same shirts. And then the only thing we could change up was like shorts and shoes. So that would be like one thing, but then girls would also have like two thousand dollar Tiffany Tiffany necklaces and like these like gigantic like Michael Kor watches and like two hundred dollar sandals and like things like that. Just like little things to show that you have money and that you could like afford to be in that sorority, because um, it's like you know friends that you pay for. Um, but so yeah, it's like very superficial. And then the questions that they ask you are just so surface level because it's like the questions that matter about the sorority and such aren't questions that are brought up until later days. It's like already scheduled to have those things. So it's like the first day, like nobody even talks about like you don't talk about like the charity, like you don't talk about like why they picked that sorority, like you don't talk about any of that stuff. Um it's just like, where are you from? What are your hobbies? Like, how many siblings do you have? What's your favorite color? Like, stupid stuff like that. And you have these conversations. You talk to two or three different girls in every single house. So you have these, like, 10-minute conversations. So you're in a house for 20 or so minutes talking. Um, and then you do that nine or 10 times. So that's about... 200 hours i mean 200 minutes worth of talking about what your name is and what your favorite color is and your hometown and it's just the exact same conversation over and over again um with different girls that look exactly the same whose names you cannot remember actually i remember one girl from tridel her name was olivia and i remember her because that's my mom's name but I kid you not, I do not remember the name of any other girl I spoke to during sorority rush that first day, including girls in the sorority I actually, you know, pledged. So, whoops. Um, But, so yes, then you do that. And then the next day you wake up and you do it all over again. And so it's like this entire time, though, you're supposed to be writing notes about the sorority, what you like, like what how the girls were and you rate the sorority and you're supposed to be putting them in order of which sorority you like the most and which one you like the least because at the end of the day you have to drop four however it's like it's not like you get all the power because they are also judging the heck out of you and at the end of the day i didn't discover this until i was doing recruitment but at the end of the day you sit down and you and the sorority goes through every single girl that they've talked to and they vote on whether they they like you or not and then um they either give you they give your gamma kai an invitation and it's like this is these are all the girls from your group that we want to talk to um the next day and uh and it's like it's kind of sad because some girls get callbacks from tense sororities. It's like everyone they spoke to loved them. And then some girls get callbacks from six sororities, which is still good. And then some girls don't get a callback from a single sorority. And that hurts. 
because then they're like they're just like not in your gamma chi group anymore and it's very very uncomfortable because everyone's like oh what happened to sophia and it's like oh she's just not here anymore (laughs) but yes and the second day that was the day that they talked about the charities that they did um I remember some of the charities that I went over was like Phoenix Children Hospital, St. Jude's. There was one that was about like um, domestic abuse. Um, Like all just like honestly really good causes. And every single sorority basically like picks a charity that they support, like their national partner. And they do events throughout the year to raise money to give to this organization, which is like the best part about sororities i guess and i remember i really actually wanted to be a tri-dog just because you know like saint jude's like i wanted to be a doctor and kids with cancer like it, that's what i wanted um spoiler i am not a tri-dog um <laughs> but so that day isn't too bad but that day is the first day i believe that you have to wear I think you have to wear a dress that day. Was it? No. That day you get, you have to wear a skirt, but you get to wear a top of your choice. And you have to wear sandals. You cannot wear, no. I think you had to wear wedges. You couldn't wear sandals or flats or like regular running shoes. Um, Yeah. And then the third day after that is like the sisterhood day and so that's the day where all the sisters tell you like why they picked their sorority and that day um it's they all cry and stuff but it's like really not an emotional day for you like they tell you it's going to be but it's like you don't really feel anything at all and then for sisterhood day usually you only are down to four sororities and um and then after sisterhood day you have preference day and preference day is like the biggest day because it's where you go to your last two houses and then at the end of it you have to go to this building and they give you a card it's called like mr abbott card and you fill it out and it's like you choose the sororities that you want your two sororities in the order that you want them in and your first sorority is like this is the one i want to go into and the second one is like this sorority i also like but it's like the sorority that you put down as being your number one might not be the sorority that picks you as their number one. You might get the one that you pick as your number two. Um, but it's like you have to put down two because if you put down one, the way they told us is that it's basically saying that you would rather not be in any sorority at all than be in the one that is like your number two, which I guess is like a really shitty thing to do. But um so that day isn't too bad and then the final day is bid day and bid day is super exciting except for you wake up really really early in the morning and everyone has to wear white dresses which if we're being honest where a large group of people wearing white in a southern state is a little bit concerning but i guess no one cares anyway so yeah so you just wear um you get up early, you put on like full hair and makeup, you wear white dresses, and you have to wear like nude colored heels. It's like a requirement from the book. And um, you go in your Gamma Chi group to this like huge auditorium, and they give you a card and like some flowers. 
and at this and then they reveal the sorority that your gamma chi leader was in and then at the same time everyone opens their cards and sees the sorority they got and it's literally thousands of girls just screaming suddenly screaming like crazy and then everyone gets up and starts running and trampling each other to get to their spot and then you talk to your pledge class and then you go down and then you all like run across the field like up sorority row in your white dresses and heels to go to your new house and then the older sisters give you outfits for whatever theme it is that they're throwing and then you just like party on the lawn for the rest of the night um honestly being a potential new member like the process of it is not that bad it's like what happens afterwards that kind of is horrifying because that's when it's like that's when they start telling you things like okay um we have meetings and you know like if you miss a meeting you're gonna get fined by the way this is how much all this costs you and then they tell you like if you wear your stitch letters without full hair and makeup in public you will be fined um it just becomes very culty um and then it's like even all the way up to initiation it's not at all what you expect it's like really not fun and um you don't even get to like pick the process of like picking your big is weird because like they pick one for you to begin with and you, they just give you like new partners every single week they just like basically bounce you in between all these girls just seeing like who you'll fit in with and then they just like give you a big which is an exciting day but i don't know it's just like it's a really weird process that really shouldn't be a way that people make friends but um I don't know, I guess for some people it works. Wow, that's that sounds extremely stressful. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's worse when you're actually an active. Um because when you're actually an active it's like that's when they're like, Oh, like, okay, we have all of these girls who are really, really cute, and we have girls who are not as cute. And so if they don't think you're as cute, they will literally hide you in the very back of the house or not even invite you to do rush at all. Oh, I would be the one not getting invited. Feels bad. So lucky I'm attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because if you do get invited and you don't, they will, um, if you do get invited and you don't, like, go, they'll fine you for it. So it's like, I don't know. They're just always looking for opportunities to take your money. And then the big thing that they lord over you all the time is standards. And they're always like, oh, like, if you post a photo wearing this, we'll take you to standards. Or they're like, if you leave the house without full hair and makeup, we're going to take you to standards. And yeah. And then if you go to standards enough times, like, they'll kick you from the sorority. But, I mean, you still have to pay the full amount of the sorority, like, up front then. So, you don't really want to go to standards. Um, I don't know. It's, it's traumatizing. Really, really traumatizing. Rushing is the best part. Once you're actually in, you just slit your throat. <laughs> It'll hurt less. You see, I think that the sorority sounds good, like, in the social as- aspect, but everything else is just 
why? <laughs> it really is. Like, I like, do you know why I did it? Because I was like, okay, I am um, moving from 1,400 miles away. I don't know anyone. I don't even know if I'm going to hang out with my teammates that much. I want to, like, you know, yeah. make new friends. But then. Yeah, it's like an easy way to to meet people. Exactly. But then it's like, it's not about that at all. It's. Mm-hmm. It's a cult. Literally, we had a cult ceremony, like, in the basement. Girls held candles. Someone read from a book. I had to repeat (laughs) things I don't remember. Everyone was wearing black robes. I was wearing a black dress. We all had to wear red shoes. Or was it red dresses? (laughs) (laughs) It isn't Kansas anymore. (laughs) It was not Kansas anymore. I was like, what on earth is going on? (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, they'd put you in your groups, and we went down, like, so I remember, like, we were sitting on the stairs waiting for the groups of girls before us to get done, and I walk in, and the entire room is dark, only lit by candles, and all of the actors are, like, standing up against the walls holding these candles, literally wearing robes. I was like, okay, and then you go up row by row by row. And the leadership is there, and they literally have, like, a book, and they're, like, reading out of it, and you have one girl in front of you from leadership, and you have to, like, say what they're saying, like, back to them, and you're, yep, just, like, repeating a chant, basically, um, basically swearing to uphold God knows what, I don't remember, <laughs> and then they give you a pin, and they're like, congratulations, you're a member for life. For life. For life. <laughs> as long as you pay your money. Yeah, well, that's the thing. is, like, even if you don't pay your money and you leave a sorority, like, you can't go and join another one ever. You're in that one for serious? life. Yeah. You can never join another sorority. Ever. Wow. Oh, sorry if you already covered this, but what made you want to choose your sorority? Because I know you have mentioned it in the past about how um, people have said things about you joining a white sorority rather than a black sorority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm just curious of what your choosing was. That's the voice of Lily, by the way. Probably. Sorry, I jumped in. Yeah, I'm she just kind of jumps in. <laughs> but go on. Um. So, again, like... Being from Wyoming, I didn't realize that there was a such thing as white and black sororities. Because mm-hmm. being from Wyoming, there are a lot of things about race that you do not realize. Like, you just don't. Because it's just not something that happens. Um, and essentially, they didn't advertise, like, black sororities at all. When I, my email I got was, like, from Panhellenic Council. No, obviously the Panhellenic sororities were all the white ones, so I didn't realize that there was another option. Um, that's what I registered for. And honestly, like, I never thought anything about it. And then I remember it wasn't actually, it was actually after I had chosen my sorority that I saw, like, other girls on campus with other sorority letters, and I was like, what the heck are those? And people were like, mm-hmm. oh, those are the black sororities. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
They're like, oh, there's all my options. <laughs> I was like, okay, Gracie, I'm sorry I brought that up. I'll just go sit here in this corner and shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I don't know. Things are very different between white sororities and black sororities. Like, I remember, like, a lot of my teammates were black. And so they always, they wanted to go and see things that, like, the black sororities, like, would put on. And I was like, my story doesn't do this at all. It, it's just, like, it's just, like, kind of different mm-hmm. in, like, culture and just, like, in the way things are. And I don't think they have the same process at all for their recruitment. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't see thousands of girls running around carrying, like, little Louis Vuitton purses and, like, <laughs> whatever, you know. So I don't even know yeah. how they do recruit, to be honest. It's, they don't, they don't send out an, an email. They don't mail every girl, like, a gigantic book of what outfits they have to wear. So mm-hmm. I really have absolutely no idea how anyone would know about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. That's, this was a fun fun experience with you both. Yeah. Uh, I learned thank- a lot about how lunches work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to thank both of you for doing this with me. Oh, of course. I can do this. Any Sunday or Monday, if you'd like. You know, uh, whenever. I'm always up for anyone joining me on here. Nice, uh, nice. So, yeah. I'm going to figure out how to end these things one day. One day. Today, we'll figure out how to today end this. isn't the day. Today's not the day. I mean, um, I guess you could always just be like, well, again, live from New, from New York. Thank you for joining us. This is... Monday Night Live. <laughs> I'm sorry this podcast is so shit. I'm sorry I'm the worst guest. Basically. Don't tell my mother about any of this. Well, so we've, yeah, had, no. we've had Kashi, so you're not the worst. Oh, that's reassuring. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yep, no problem. We'll catch you on the next one. I was going to say, if you said on the flip side, I was going to disconnect and also block you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll catch you on the flip side then. Goddamn. Alrighty. (laughs) Good night. Song.